and welcome to episode 174. Boy, we go through a lot of these here. Yes, we do. On the cabins. We've been on 174 weeks and then well, some. It's been what, like three and a half years? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Time's flying. I know. I'm crazy. freaking out about turning 40. No, don't. I did it in 2010. Oh, bummer. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on the cabin today, by the way, my name's Eric Paulson. I'm Annalise Beckman. And uh, we have a special guest coming in a moment, talking in depth about our topic today, which is with sculptures. It's a pretty fancy name. I think Courtney came up with it. It was is pretty it? good. Well, yeah. Kudos to her. That was a good one. Yes. We, we love discussing art here and there at times. We, we do things with music and all of that, but we haven't really focused on some cool sculptures around the state. We've Which mentioned a some... few. We've done some whimsical things mm-hmm. and quirky things, but everything from high art to kind of crazy, weird, whimsical. Really weird ones. Sculptures run the gamut. That some people might think of as garbage, but... You know, definitely became art yeah but then and then there's high art and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll run that whole thing here today talking about with sculptures so stick around and we'll we'll sculpt this episode nicely The Cabin is presented to you in part by the Wisconsin Counties Association, and this week we're featuring Buffalo County, right over there along the Mississippi River in the Driftless area. Such a beautiful part of the state. One of my faves. Yes, Buffalo County was created in 1853, and uh, it was named for the Buffalo River, which rises in the little town of Strom and runs to the Mississippi at Alma, which is the county seat. Alma has a population of 716 According to the 2020 Very census. Tiny. Very small. <laughs> One of the smallest cities and county seats in the state, if not the smallest. Florence might be up there, too. But Mississippi River's Lock and Dam number 4 is at Alma, where you can get a great bird's-eye view of the Lock and Dam at work. They have a thing you can climb on and cross over the railroad lines with it. Beautiful area for pictures. Also a major nesting ground for bald eagles. That's part of that Mississippi River Flyway. Now, the first permanent settlement in Buffalo County dates back to 1839 at a place called Holmes Landing, which is now today's Fountain City, which is just down the road from Alma. And it's a little bigger. It has about 860 people, quite the metropolis. Wow. Yeah. Uh, As well as the Monarch Public House, which is home to the historic Fountain City Brewery. They make some pretty good beers there. And uh, the Seven Hawks Vineyards and Winery. It's also the gateway to Merrick State Park. That's right where Highways 35 and 95 meet. Uh, And there's other great little towns, too, in Buffalo County, including Mondovi, which is in the northeast part of the county. And uh, you can just check that out. That's a great drive when you're on 10 or 37. And just anywhere you go in Buffalo County, the landscape is going to be gorgeous. Mm, sounds very quaint. Yes. Well, the cabin is also brought to you by the WCA Group Health Trust. Serving local governments and school districts, the WCA Group Health Trust partners closely with members to fulfill their employee health benefit obligations in a fiscally responsible manner. Learn more at WCAGHT.org. All right, honey, are you ready to introduce our guest? I am ready. All right, let's light this fire. Uh, nice and very warm. nice. I mean, As it's it May, but it's still outside. nice to get a campfire, right? Uh-huh. All right. And today we are welcoming Jillian Talarchik. Jillian, did I say that last name right? <laughs> you did. Awesome. Hello. And she is a part of the Madison Public Art Project. So, Jillian, uh, how did you get started with Madison Public Art Project? Uh, Madison Public Art Project was born in 2022, actually, during the pandemic. And I had left New York uh, briefly to be back with my family in Wisconsin. And we were thinking about the art scene and what we could contribute. I've worked in the 
art scene of New York for over 25 years. Mm-hmm. And so we were putting together some thoughts on that. And it was just kind of born of a need to want to see more and want to do more and want to work with more artists and have more art in the community. Wow. So this is fairly recent that it came out. Yeah. Yeah. We're like three years old. (laughs) Well, I know that you've got some projects that you wanted to share specifically in the Madison area that um, you guys have been working on um, or have, you know, placed around Madison. And uh, I know they got something else coming up that we'll get to towards the end of the episode here. So stay tuned, audience. Uh, The first project that we did was at the very end of 2020. Uh, We were delighted to work with four artists from the Madison area, Lublo, Swanko, Emily Balzi, Ray Mast, and Brian Kohei. And they approached us. They were looking to do this community uh, mural. So they were looking for funding for their project materials, which, of course, we were delighted to provide. And it's located probably, uh, you have seen this one, at 701 East Johnson Street at the corner of North Blount. Uh, It's actually the wall of a self-serve laundromat, Mm. and it was great for those of you that like pop art, uh, sort of harkens to Warhol, big, bright, beautiful colors, and you'll see these pink flamingos, so uh, it was really great uh, to pay homage to the sort of Madison fill the hill tradition, which is very known to the community, so you'll see a lot of vibrant colors and resonating pinks and blues and it's it's a beautiful wall it's an uplifting accolade to our city bird of madison mm-hmm. which is the flamingo <laughs> do you That's know about that anna I, well yeah because i went to school at uw so i know they deck out bascom hall or okay so you're familiar bascom with when they've hill. done that yeah yeah with all the flamingos and everything which is always <laughs> fun to see and i've always been very confused as to why that's our bird but maybe i'm sure there's a story that i don't know about so if anybody does <laughs> chime in it started yeah it started as a prank in the 70s really? yeah yeah so somebody put a plastic <laughs> oh flamingo on Bascom Hill, and now it's like actually one of the largest fundraisers for the uh, alumni alumni association there, wow. and, and a huge fundraiser for the University of Madison as well. So, kind of fun to be a part of all that. Huh. They were that seniors. They were up to a lot so of bad. pranks. That, well, <laughs> yeah. they were doing that in the seventies. That's when they started the Statue of Liberty emerging from Lake Mendota. Oh, too. that's hysterical. So that's right. Yeah. Oh man, too good. Creativity leads to good things, you know. Well, yeah, what are some of your favorite sculptures in Madison? Maybe you've worked with helping them get created or just some of the classic ones around the city. Uh, Well, we actually, uh, my favorite project that we did recently was called Canopy Understories. And that was in um, Earth Day premiere 2022 last year. And we actually worked with two local uh, artists, Madison-based artists and sculptors, also UW alumni, and um, that was a really great project. Laura Richards and William Grant Turnbull created this uh, biomimetic sculpture series. So it really, it was two site-specific installations that we had on view at the UW-Madison Arboretum, mm-hmm. which is so beloved by so many. And it was in the Long Necker Horticultural Gardens. Um, a really great series featuring two different installations. The first one was called Samara Flight, and that's a linear mobile that they created. Uh, The winged seed pods, some of you may call them helicopters. They (laughs) are called also Samaras, and they fall from our state tree of Wisconsin, which is the sugar maple. So it was very cool. 
Sorry, yeah. I always call them helicopters. What's their name? Samaras, S-A-M-A-R-A-S. Samaras, okay. And they do fall from sugar that. maples. I didn't know that that was the specific tree they fell from either. But yeah, I love those every year. And the fact that that's our Wisconsin state tree. So, uh, yeah. so cool, right? They sculpted bees out of a lightweight aluminum uh, that's actually used in the aviation industry and they were wind activated kinetic sculptures which sort of mimicked this natural dispersion that happens organically with the maple trees so really beautiful a lot of lattice work Um, they were spinning and twirling in the wind which sort of illustrates this color and motion so that was really a wonderful sculptural piece that we did. We also did the Mayapple Canopy as part of the same series where the artists loved to play with scale. Mm. And again, the Mayapple, a lot of you probably see this in your garden. It grows maybe not even a foot tall, but <laughs> the artist recreated it and blew it up to 16 feet tall. <laughs> so a lot of fun uh, playing with scale and there's a fruit that this plant produces and laura is not only a sculptor but also a glass blower so we documented this whole behind the scenes on our instagram page and people were loving it and you got to see her blowing glass and being in the studio so that was a really a lot of fun and um, this would mimic photosynthesis so the sculpture had this shade canopy that function during the day as a shade piece and it would function like a large arc as the sun moved over it throughout the day and it mimicked photosynthesis much like in living plants but instead of um, you know using it for plant growth it was this LED light that illuminated this blown glass component that Laura made so after sunset it would glow Wow. And it was really the most beautiful thing to be amongst the garden and the trees. Say, especially and being see this in the piece glowing. Yeah, so um, those were two of my recent favorites. I think the artist um, did a fantastic job, and we had so much fun. And it was a great project. It was on view for four seasons, so the community loved seeing it. Uh, amongst an ever-changing backdrop with the leaves crunching mm. and then the snow white, which was amazing. And... And I think, you know, visiting it, too, helped inspire people to look up and breathe and reflect and reconnect with nature, which is something that, you know, was so needed uh, last year and still is. Well, let's, yeah, let's broaden our scope and uh, run around the state and talk about a variety of sculptures, again, from the, from the really serious emotion-evoking to <laughs> what the heck was this guy thinking when he made yeah, this? we got the gamut here we, in Wisconsin. It, it runs the whole thing. Um, and I'll, I'll start with a great recommendation of a park mm. uh, where you can walk through and see a ton of unique sculptures, and that's Stevens Point Sculpture Park. Uh. Uh, we've mentioned that in some quirky things before. Uh, but it's a wonderful park on the north side of Stevens Point, uh, right by Century, where the mm-hmm. Century Golf Course is, uh, a little bit north of campus downtown, District 1 Brewing. I, I note directions by breweries. Yeah, fair enough. I should and probably, highways, highways I should and breweries. Not do that. And highways. It's right off, it's right where Business 51 <laughs> and the interstate meet up there. But a beautiful, peaceful area with wooded trails and just in random spots throughout these woods, yeah. very unique, crazy sculptures. And some are like twisted pieces of metal. Some are uh, black, clearly blacksmithed 
clever pieces of art. And there's probably 15 or 20 pieces right down to a, a, a deer sculpture in the lake, in the mm, pond that's right that's there. That's cool. Yeah, and I mean, Stevens Point's a great day trip to go and, and mm-hmm. check out in general, but adding that to your list of places to see is a, a good outside place. And I feel like sculpture gardens and stuff like that, especially metal ones, I mean, you can go any time of year, which is super nice. Yeah. Um, one that I've got is kind of an awe-inspiring uh, place is Nelson's on Rush River. I don't know if you've heard of this one, Eric. It's I am not familiar Rock, with this. So, I know where Maiden Rock is. You're right along the Great River Road. Gosh, yeah. This one's kind of crazy. If you look it up, you'll see these what looks like natural, um, I don't know, almost waterfalls, but they're not connected to anything. So it's it's really interesting. It's this artist named, I, I, maybe an artist, I don't know, now an artist, Roger Nelson. He purchased a 420-acre farmstead in 1995, and he was a plumber by trade. Uh, and he actually installed a series of underground pipes and upright PVC pipes to channel water that comes from um, his his land sits over top uh, an artisan aquifer. And so he actually channels the water through these pipes so that they uh, spurt out water. And in the winter, it starts to freeze and then it grows and it basically creates these, um, they're not upside down fountains. They're they're like fountains, but they're frozen. And then in the winter, as it gets colder, they just continue to grow because more water comes and freezes. And, and so they're actually these beautiful um, fountains that kind of look like frozen... I don't know. Um, so they're in the winter only, and they kind of correct nature sculpts that exactly. But he's done it with all these underground PVC pipes on this plot of land that he owns, and so Clever. and then the cool. I thought. I mean, it just kept getting cooler, but. At night, he actually lights them with spotlights until about midnight. So they kind of glow. In, I don't mm. know if they're colored spotlights or not, but um, the, it's actually supposed to be a pretty spectacular kind of little display. So that is eight miles. If you follow US uh, 10 West, it's eight miles out of Ellsworth, Wisconsin. Um, and, and it's right along the Rush River. So so it's near Maiden Rock, near the Great River yep. Road, but it's also an easy drive from Ellsworth. Yep. I think it's just capital. kind of uh, right beside Rush River in the town of Salem. Okay. Yep. That's why there's a Rush River Brewing Company mm-hmm. in River Hills. All right. And you, you listed another one that's just down the Great River Road a little bit in Buffalo County in Fountain City. Uh, yeah, Kinstone. Um, so that one is, they call it a modern megalithic garden. Uh, it's three stone circles. It's got a seven circuit classic labyrinth. Um, there's a dolmen, which I guess if people don't know about that, I had to look it up. It's two kind of, I mean, they're pretty big rocks and then it, it has a table tabled rock over the top of them. So two giant rocks to kind of hold the tabled rock on top. Um, And I'm sure they vary in size, but it looks like something that you could stand under. Uh, And then they've got some dry stacked stone sculptures. Um, But really, it made me think of something that was straight out of Ireland or Scotland. Um, Mm. And they it's spread across 30 acres. So it's a bunch of different stone sculptures. There's some natural buildings, native prairies, I think they wrote the largest stone I read weighs over 70,000 pounds. And then the tallest one is more than 31 feet. So you're going to feel pretty small when you're there. Um, But there's almost 200 stones and boulders that have been kind of placed in uh, specific ways over a 15 acre uh, kind of portion of the area. There's one in Milwaukee that's a little, and I'm skipping around the state, but what the heck, you know, you yep. don't need to have a rhyme or reason. There's one that's called the calling mm. and it's an orange sculpture. That's kind of shaped 
like the sun with sun rays popping huh. out. It's yeah. been a, it's been a controversial sculpture, um, but uh, it was created in the early eighties, and it's v- it's very orange. Really, and uh, it was it was created by Mark De S- uh, Suvero, and it's in O'Donnell Park, which is right next to the Milwaukee Art Museum. So it's at where Wisconsin Avenue, which is kind of the main east drag, east west drag in downtown Milwaukee, where it curves because the lake is in front mm-hmm. of you. So it's right at that edge, and it's been a controversial statue. And now it's right where the art museum, the Calatrava with the wings. Oh, sure, yeah. It's right in front of that. Wow. Why is it so controversial? Well, because a lot of people are like, these are just beams welded together. And they are. Mm -hmm. But it's meant to stand for the sun. And on certain days of the year, the sun would rise and be right in the middle of where the sculpture is. Yep. And there's a piece of the sculpture in, in, in these beams where the sun fits in perfectly. That's actually pretty cool. So that make, that makes it cool. Now, with the art museum now, the view, it's kind of blocking the art museum. So some people have suggested moving it. And, you know, th- you can't have art without a little controversy sometimes, right? Yeah, well, that that makes me think of one. I'm trying to find it in my notes here. But um, it was a guy who created a bunch of sculptures in his yard. And um, they the the neighborhood after he passed away the neighborhood i'll find out where it is um and give a little more detail on what kind of sculptures there are in the yard but um the neighbors hated it and it was it became an eyesore um and so they were going to take it down and then um they decided to keep it up and actually make it a historic place um which place is this is that Dr. Evermore's sculpture park? That was one. And there's okay. actually another one that's that I'm I'm kinda jumping around, but the Mary Knoll House. Oh yeah, that's yep. that's so in Milwaukee actually, County. Yeah, she was trained in at the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, and she had a bunch of concrete statues of fish, monsters, and humans. And, um, there was actually apparently some urban legends about her and her place. The witch's house. Yes. It was called, it was dubbed the witch's house. And so people would vandalize it. And I guess the yard was fenced in for some time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's in Fox Point, Wisconsin, which is a North Shore suburb of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. You got to go down Beach Road off Lake Drive to get there. And it's a complicated drive to get down there, sure. but it's unmistakable. Yeah. When you get to her house, most of that area is on a bluff above the lake. Mm-hmm. But when you're on Beach Drive, it goes down to the water level. Yeah. And you can't, it's and, not public. It's not technically technically open to the public, but you can see it from the street. And yeah. I guess you can drive by it and look. And the neighbors are used to people driving by slowly and checking right, it out at this point. And I don't point, think they so. appreciate it. But if you do it in a nice, <laughs> positive way and aren't too loud or anything, I think yeah. that they don't mind. Um, I think so. Anyway, but. Um, but you kind of open the door. And, and Jillian mentioned this, too. Yeah. You kind of open the door to individuals doing some whims- whimsical sculptures mm-hmm. and it turning into an attraction in itself. And we do have two or three great examples, uh, one of which, Jillian, you just brought that up. Are you, uh, are you familiar with Dr. Evermore's? We had so much fun. We went and, you know, it was. It was just so whimsical and just vast. I mean, some of them are like, what, 300 tons yeah. or something? It's so it's, it's um, amazing. It's, it's quite a lot to behold and, and experience and wander through. And I, I recommend it to, um, to everyone. Like you mentioned before, you know, public art, 
you can just be outside. And I think that's one of the best things too, is you can take any day and just go and sort of experience that, interact with it. My favorite one was the, the orchestra conductor leading the orchestra. Uh. Well, they, I had a lot of favorites, but that one um, <laughs> in particular is um, reminding myself of. So it was a lot of fun. And I think it really connects people too. Dr. Evermore Sculpture Park is located in Sauk County. It's right along US 12 between Sauk City and Baraboo. And the Badger, the former Badger Army ammunition plants across the way. There's a small military, uh, not a museum, but a couple of uh, military items on display on the east side of the road. On the west side of the road, uh, you'll you'll see a sign or two referring to it. Uh, you just got to pull off onto uh, Armory View Road and down E to a little place called Delaney Surplus Sales, which is this really unique store. You could park there and then walk out the back into this park that Dr. Evermore. Mm-hmm created uh and it's <laughs> it, there's nothing it's like wild. it it's it's centerpiece is called forever tron and it's just this massive collection of metal that culminates with this thing that towers toward the sky <laughs> in the center uh intended i believe to draw aliens or something along those lines yeah boost you to the future there's some story there's behind it there's a whole it. story behind it and it's it's actually kind of fun um i guess he dr evermore in his mind was a victorian inventor from england um and there's all this backstory with his you know father being a presbyterian minister in a lightning storm or something and apparently the forever tron is to send him into the heavens on a magnetic lightning force beam that's right <laughs> so i don't if i i guess you could probably read the sculpture and discover you know his thoughts behind that backstory but makes total sense right jillian yeah right (laughs) but like you mentioned your favorite sculpture there was it was like a conductor and a bunch of players that were there and there's there's a whole it's a park you can just walk your way through uh, just this whole amazing wacky weird but cool collection of unique sculpture and 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 he really like the animals have their own personalities so Mm -hmm. uh, to to create that out of metal to simulate feathers Mm -hmm. and eyes and you know just all of these components and parts you know i think that is really speaks to the artistry of that park as well well i also think it's cool because like we said you know he made this out of kind of scrap metals and stuff like that but um it apparently includes a decontamination chamber from NASA's Apollo project, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. And he was actually, he used to be, uh, the the article that I was reading made a good point of saying that he used to be an industrial wrecker. He was, he would, you know, thrash old factories and breweries and stuff like that, um, that needed to be taken down. <laughs> and now he's, you know, turned this into being a creator, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, it's amazing how heavy all of this stuff is. Mm-hmm. And how much time it took to create yeah. these things. Uh, so you can visit that in Sauk County. And there's a, there's another wild metal sculpture park on private property, but they welcome you to visit up near Marshfield. Which one is that? It is called Jurastic Park. Oh, yeah. I, I know about this one. Have you, have you seen that one, Jillian? I have not been there yet. I love the name. You get up to central <laughs> Wisconsin. It is just, it's it's a hoot, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Uh, Clyde and Nancy Winia, uh, they're, they're an older couple, and they live on this land. It's just north of uh, Marshfield. And they have these beautiful, lush property trees, and just the greenery is amazing in the summertime. And they turned their property into this spectacular museum and art shop. 
mm-hmm. with metal sculptures. Uh, Nancy makes beaded glass jewelry and and Clyde, who's uh, probably 80, 85, something yeah. like that. Quite the character. He'll come out and greet you, mm-hmm. and he'll just spin stories with all of these crazy statues. Well, yeah, and every little piece that they've made has a name and a story that goes along with it. So yeah. it's pretty incredible. Some of them are articulated dragons, for example, mm-hmm. that he'll move. <laughs> he'll show you how he moves them. I actually, on my, my road trip website, the State Trunk Tour site, I yeah. have a piece on that with some video. That's awesome. Of him doing just that. Uh, but it's there's dinosaurs and bugs and weird monsters and and it's all different sizes yeah and some of them are you know rusted metal like it looks like a giant bug or a giant fish and then he's got like a collection of old cds and dvds for Mm. its scales that's awesome and those shimmer in the wind and the light and it's just an unbelievable place to check out. Well, and they've kind of created a little world on their property. They refer to it as um, kind of the area's lost Iron Age. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's a lot of truth to there. There's a lot mm-hmm. of history around that. Um, and just the way they've been able to channel creativity into that. Uh, they have a, a metal sculpture of a band of, well, it's called Betty and the Bullfrogs. Mm. And they look like bullfrogs. They got the the eyes and so stuff like fun. that playing. And what they did is they're out of town by just, just a couple miles. But some of the smaller versions of those sculptures have been placed in downtown Marshfield now. Ah, uh, sure. So there is a Jurassic Park walk in downtown Marshfield where you'll also see murals and other things right off Central Avenue. So that's a specific walk you can take and do a little tour. And in between the real Jurassic Park and the one in downtown Marshfield, you've got the McMillan Marsh State Wildlife Area. Mm. And a lot of tales are about the monsters coming out of that marsh. Very fun. (laughs) I love that stuff. Yeah. So I highly recommend Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, there is another one in Sparta, Wisconsin. Um, it's, a, oh. it's a little bit different, but you know which one I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. The it's Fast Sounds place. Yeah, yep. so this is really interesting and definitely one of those eerie kind of feels. Uh, this one just, I don't know, it blew my mind that it's one of those things that I guess some people could consider to be controversial of whether or not it's art or whether it's well, trash. <laughs> well, here's the thing. it's all They're all made of, so it's a company that makes all those weird fiberglass statues you see outside of gas stations restaurants yeah Yeah. like long route 66 the guy with the giant hot dog that's those are often made by a company called fast uh, which stands for something uh, in sparta fiberglass animals shapes and trademarks Ah, i guess that's pretty self-explanatory we would never guess that Uh, so that company is located in sparta and right along 21 they kind of have on their property some of the disused or discontinued uh, now, they're fiberglass. I don't know if you count. They're kind of sculptures. They're not sculptures in the art sense. Right. And th- this is a good time, Jillian. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that was the company that won the bid for the Bucky on Parade public art project ah. as well. Oh, So okay. in that sense, they actually did become uh, public art pieces as artists layered their own artistic expression onto them and um, were auctioned off and can still be seen throughout the greater uh, Madison and Wisconsin area. Right. So, you know, I, I, I can't answer it. It's like art is like, um, you know, art is public art in particular. It's it's for everyone, but it's not everyone's 
cup of tea, just like going to a museum. You're going to like some of the paintings and you're not, you know, others may not resonate with you as much. So it's a personal thing, mm-hmm. um, right? Like wearing prints or fashions. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and if people are driving by and they're looking at it and it makes them feel some kind of way, I'd almost argue that's a, <laughs> it's an art piece. There well, you that's go. True. And the, <laughs> last, the last three we mentioned here, like fast, which like, yeah, they have like elephants and stuff and again it's all fiberglass that i mean you're not supposed to climb on them really but kids love checking that out if you're driving past the uh, fast fiberglass mold graveyard is what yeah it is kind of like that like a it's like a giant field of just all of these sculptures or fiberglass i've toured it in late summer watch out sometimes bees hide in those yeah i I read that before you go you should know Really quick, I want to jump back to Madison because, um, I mean, this one I thought was pretty cool. The Badger Sculpture in Madison. Have you heard about this one, Eric or Jillian? Of the USS Wisconsin? Yep. Where is that? Yeah, so it's in Madison, Wisconsin. It's actually, I believe it's moved around a couple different places, but uh, it is currently inside the state capitol now. Oh, okay. um, On the second floor in the east wing, but it's got a really interesting history. So... Um, first of all, I, I found this out today. The um, badger, I actually never knew why it was our... You um, didn't? I didn't know oh. why it was our uh, mascot. The mining and, history. Yeah, because of the mining history. Uh, all the miners that came to Wisconsin in the early 19th century and, and they dug kind of hill-like dwellings, if you will, mm-hmm. um, just like a badger. Uh, and so there was a 1,200-pound badger sculpture that was made around 1899, actually from melted cannons that were taken <sighs> from the Spanish-American War from Cuba. Wow. Who knew? <laughs> That's a, isn't that crazy? Um, and so the Milwaukee, uh, this was made by the Milwaukee artist uh, Paul Cuppers, I, I don't know, it's K-U-P-P-E-R-S, but um, anyway, it was gifted um, to the USS Wisconsin Battleship and installed on the ship's bow. And then it was removed bow. in bow, sorry bow, and then <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Eric. She installed on the ship's bow, and then uh, removed in 1914, and actually brought to Annapolis, Maryland. It stayed there for about 60 years, and then it moved to the Wisconsin State Capitol building in 1989, where it is today. Oh, so I guess I've walked past it, not knowing the history. Yeah, I know. It's I think it's like right outside of the governor's room or something in the Wisconsin. Okay state capital so nice. again on the second floor in the east wing if you want to go check it out right along the shore of lake michigan there's a lot of um mariner themed sculptures oh, sure. uh, kind of dotting up and down the coast uh, i talked about the calling in milwaukee there's uh one in shorewood if you're on capitol drive driving across milwaukee into shorewood highway 190 right at lake drive where that ends there's uh, atwater park which is a beautiful mm. park and beach that overlooks lake michigan from a bluff probably about 80 feet high. Spectacular wow, view from there. Got to be beautiful. And there's a statue there. It's been controversial at times. It's called Spillover 2. It's a statue. It, it looks like from afar, it looks like kind of a webbed metal, but it's, it's the head and shoulders of, of someone who's looking out over the lake. But if sure. you get closer, everything is letters, interconnected letters that oh, are welded cool. together. And it's pretty wild, but some people have like strung some of the letters together and like, hey, that says something bad or whatever. So it's been controversial at times. Yeah. And 
you know, how it, how it was put together, who knows, you know, and you might end up stringing some words together. You don't, people interpret things all sorts of different ways. Right. Um, but so that's, that's a really cool sculpture to check out and explore. Yeah. Very fun. And sounds like in a cool place too. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go up the coast a ways, like up to uh, cities with some marin- uh, maritime history and Native American history, like Manitowoc. Mm. If you go along the road between Manitowoc and Two Rivers, there's a really cool statue called Spirit of the Rivers. It's ah, actually sure. it's a sculpture, not a statue. I guess the two the two can kind of cross, right? Uh, Spirit of the Rivers just got dedicated back in 2018, but it salutes. Uh, the Native Americans who lived there along the coast, mm. uh, basically the woodland Indians of the upper Great Lakes. It's three 10-foot-high human figures and a 20-foot birch bark canoe, all in bronze. Wow. And it was uh, created by Skip Wallen. And uh, it's a very cool thing along Highway 42 when you're driving between those two towns. I don't know if I can can, can say this one or not, Jillian. You might know this one, but the crowning woman in Madison. <laughs> is this, Where is she? Uh, is this... She is in, um, it is in the Atwood neighborhood or the Shank Atwood neighborhood uh, by an artist named Sid Boyum. Um, and it's a life-size concrete sculpture of a nude woman giving birth. So it's definitely one of these ones that I don't know if it's been controversial or not, but um, it definitely makes a scene if you uh, see it. I think it's, I don't know if it's on his or what was his property, um, but Anyway, he was actually a collaborator with Alex Jordan Jr. So that was the founder of the House on the Rock, and then um, Tom oh, Every. That's where it ties. Um, that's together. where I yeah. That's where I was um, thinking about it earlier. But um, Tom Every, uh, who again, Doctor Evermore, and the Forever Tron founder. But um, it's on yeah. It's at his home studio at two thirty seven Wabisa Street. No, sorry, it, the the that statue is not located there. But he actually had a home studio at two thirty seven Wabisa Street. Um, where he explored his sculptures and I guess every room in his house was like decorated with a different theme and was abandoned. And I don't know if it's still abandoned, but, uh, restoration efforts at one point, if not still are underway to kind of, I think, um, restore and maybe make that a public space to check out. So I'm not sure what they're doing with it, but that's at 237 Wabisa Street. Wow. Yeah. And I think that the crowning woman can be viewed from the Capital City bike trail directly north of the house. So it's nearby. Awesome. So that's back in Madison. And then Jillian, I just wanted to bring it back to you. If you had any other projects you wanted to talk about with regards to the Madison Public Art Project and maybe the big reveal of the of uh, the surprise that you wanted to share. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on to talk about our projects that we've curated and all the wonderful artists that we've worked with. Um, In 2021, we've talked a lot about uh, permanent pieces, sculptures, and um, this was an installation that we did that was ephemeral. Mm. And we partnered with the Madison Public Library at 201 West Mifflin Street. It was a project that opened June of 2021 and it was the Madison Flower Flash. So uh, we commissioned Molly Stentz, a flower artist and flower grower who owns her own farm, to curate a selection of Wisconsin-grown ephemerals. Mm. And it happened to coincide with the library deciding to resume their services to the community. So it was really wonderful timing fresh, vibrant florals that were intertwined with the iconic Madison Public Library letters to welcome 
people back. And I think, you know, now as we are going about our lives, it's kind of hard to remember what we were all feeling like, you know, around that time. But it was a wonderful um, expression, bright peonies and hardy evergreens mm. and spires of fox clove and all these wonderful um, spiria branches cascading through the lettering. And I think, um, you know, that project too, it, it sort of evoked a myriad of emotions and memories because flowers are that powerful connector to the collective human experience. And a lot of our momentous life events are shared through flowers, right? Mm-hmm. They are, and they, they so, arouse the senses in so many ways because they often smell wonderful, too. And they did. <laughs> yeah, imagine showing up to work and seeing that and, and having a chance after a year of isolation, the first yeah. week that you're reemerging into society and you're dealing with all that isolation and stress and anxiety, um, loss, but also celebrating, you know, the Madison community as we got through the pandemic and and planted you know new seeds for what was coming next so to speak Mm -hmm. that's incredible thank you yeah that was fun and then so last year um this is our last project i'll talk about and then we'll do the big uh, announcement absolutely was um we worked with the um we worked with the city of monona and the Monona Fire and EMS Department to curate Vibrant Hydrant, which was so much fun. Um, It featured 11 artists that painted 15 fire hydrants along the uh, Monona Drive corridor. Mm. Joseph Anderson, Lilita G, Safira Afafi, Leah Jerkins, Bethany Benish, Brooke Wentland, Jessica Fuchs, Ryan Swain, Don Chudinsky, Paley Bravo, and Daniel Deutsch uh, did a fantastic job. And this was a more civic-minded project we unveiled on September 11th. And it was really um, a wonderful thing. You know, it was offering a creative way for neighbors and visitors to connect through public art in an urban environment. We know that art can hold the power to bring communities together and to offer resilience and and recovery from a a difficult day that it certainly was uh, remembering those we lost in the terrorist attacks of 9-11. So uh, we worked with former uh, Monona Alder Christy Goforth and Jeremy McMullen, the fire chief there. And so thank you so much to them for their support. And we're going to continue to do, if we have any listeners, you know, thinking, wow, that sounds really cool. I would love to learn more. Our um, next walking tour is coming up on May 26th, Mm. and you can check out our Instagram page and sign up. So um, we would love to have you. You get to hear a little bit more about my inside um, behind the scenes, talking about how these hydrants were created, and we do a walking tour and walk by all of them and and hear from the artists that are going to be in attendance as well. And um, for those fire hydrants are they were they sculpted fire hydrants or were they actual fire hydrants that people they painted? are actual fire hydrants okay yeah. wow i just wanted to clarify that because i wasn't sure if that would but exactly that's where the madison fire department comes in yeah the monona fire oh, department sorry, monona and ems department. team actually so yes um if there's a fire they will be used but sure. um they are certainly 15 beautifully designed hydrants each artist with their own artistic expression sort of looked um at life and and brought forth some really beautiful designs that that they wanted to share and again our art talks and uh, website speak more to the specifics on that 
And where, where can people go to find out more on online? So our Instagram is at Madison Public Art Project. And um, the website is www.madisonpublicartproject.com. Yeah, pretty cool uh, site there. If anything, uh, get on that to check it out and kind of find your find your way to some art, which is there's all a lot. Us. There's a lot of opportunities, you know, um, for people that are interested. Of course, we're a 501c3, so you can make a tax deductible donation. Um, you can check out our upcoming events and artist talks. Uh, we do have a few board seat uh, opportunities open. And of course, we're always looking for volunteers. If there's somebody listening who thinks, I would love to be a part of, um, you know, the next mural or sculpture project or whatever it is, sign up. We would love to have you. Come on over. It's super fun. Hang out with us for an hour or two and um, learn a little bit more about public art in your community. So there's lots of fun stuff, and um, yeah, absolutely. And and the next, <laughs> the next big project that you're yeah, I'm so excited to be here to uh, share this special announcement with um, the Cabin Podcast. And so our next public art mural is unveiling. And it's going to um, open May 18th, so this will serve as the official announcement um, with an artist talk and um, mural unveiling ceremony from 4 to 6 p.m. So we are looking to um, working with the artist known as Audifacts, and she's creating a site-specific mural um, at the underpass of Highway 1218, just as you're entering the Monona area. So uh, it's gonna be an incredible site-specific mural where she's gonna be sort of linking these pillars together. It actually serves as her largest canvas and most unique quote-unquote canvas, um, if you will, to date. So really excited to see what she does with this. She's looking to the waters of Monona, uh, Lake Monona and Lake Wabisa and creating her own interpretation of these very expressive waves uh, based on the work of Katsuchika uh, Hokusai's piece, The Great Wave, which we all, of course, know is part of our pop culture. So surges of these emotions are going to be depicted um, as she sort of talks about the journey of the human experience and looking to destigmatize mental illness in our community. So, so excited that uh, we can unveil this during May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, and that this work serves uh, to, you know, push forward as we need to do for all of these social justice issues. Well, that's that's an audience of hundreds of thousands if you're talking easy access mm-hmm. from the Beltline. Yeah. Yeah, I well, think the latest... The latest traffic count I received was like um, 12,200 per day, actually. So this is going to be probably her biggest visibility wall in terms of um, traffic going north and south. That's the total count. So it's going to be a lot of of eyes on this one, which we're so happy about. Yeah, with the east-west traffic on the Beltline that can access that, it's Mm -hmm. even more. So it's going to be huge. Yeah. Well, very exciting. So be sure to check out Madison Public Art Project. Um, and again, we'll put the, those uh, that website maybe in the show notes, Eric. Oh, yeah. That'll, um, all the connections will be in the show notes, including the Instagram at Madison Public Art Project. So yeah, you can visually thank you. follow along. Yeah. All right. Hey, Jillian Talarchik, thank, thank you. you so much for being with us today and talking sculptures. 
Anna, Elise, Eric, thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right, well, that was fun talking with Jillian. Very fun, and talking art all around Wisconsin. All right, The Cabin is brought to you in part by Visit Lake Geneva, and there's so much going on here in the early May. This is the time the trees are popping this week mainly, right? It is. And it gets absolutely gorgeous. This is the time to explore the downtown area, walk the Lake Geneva shore path, or Geneva Lake shore path, if you get a chance. It's 20 miles. It's an all-dayer, but it's great exercise, and you get to see all the beautiful homes, Mm -hmm. uh, just all the other things lining the lake. Uh, and explore Cinco de Mayo celebration by the way coming up this Saturday in Williams Bay it's also the Kentucky Derby dinner train at East Troy Railroad Kentucky Derby celebrations going on at Maxwell Mansion in the downtown area by Lake Geneva Mother's Day events coming up and more so many great things go to visit lakegeneva.com to see events and boy this is the time take in the shopping take in the environment and the beaches i mean everything's going to be warming up as we go keep your eye out for the mail the mail boat yep delivering mail (laughs) by boat again and everything Uh, it's all in lake geneva which has always been the place and if you love a beautiful rustic road drive try snake road just off highway 50 and also don't forget by the way about lake como Mm -hmm. mars resort and a bunch of other places on there so again see it all at visitlakegeneva.com. All right, so here on the Cabin Podcast, we love checking in with the Wisconsin Counties Association and seeing what's going on. We have 72 counties around the state, and what they do is very crucial for everything you do. You may not even realize it all, so it's good to check in with Mark O'Connell, President and CEO of the Wisconsin Counties Association. How are you, Mark? I am doing great, Eric. It is uh, good to be on the the Cabin Podcast. You never know what you're going to get, but whenever you tune in, you say, wow, I didn't know we had that in this state. How exciting. I got to go investigate that. (laughs) That is our mission, and we do like to be surprises. You don't know what you're going to get. We're kind of Wisconsin's own box of chocolates or cheese curds, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That is good. That's very good. You never know what you're going to get, but uh, I'll tell you what. If you get a cheese curd in Wisconsin, you know you're getting something great. That is right, and it's so delicious because it's the first week of May right now. This is the week the trees all pop and everything, so it's a great time to get out and explore. Uh, That includes things like county trails, and that includes all of the just all of the sites and events you can enjoy. So what's going on with the Counties Association to, to help make your summer awesome? You know, that's a, that's a great lead-in because we've got 72 counties and every single one is beautiful and special in its own way. Uh, whether it's, it's in southern Wisconsin where you're right, the trees are starting to pop, or in northern Wisconsin where we're hoping that the snow actually melts and doesn't flood anything. <laughs> yeah, we've, every part of this state is, is just gorgeous and beautiful and special. But I'll tell you what makes it, what makes it so special to me, Eric, are the people. Yeah, that's true, and we you know we get to meet them and deal with them a lot when we film Discover Wisconsin, and when we we do our podcast, we love to you know profile them and show them what they're up to, and they do come from all reaches of the state. They do, and in here at the Wisconsin Counties Association, we care about that an awful lot. Uh, why is that? Well, uh, if we're going to be successful as a state, it, it means that while we have a very big public sector, our private sector has to do really, really well. So at the Counties Association. We care about that. We want our private sector to have the tools necessary to be successful, whether that's uh, capital available to invest and grow and build, or whether it's the number one resource for private sector profit in the future, which is smart young talent. So we, we care an awful lot about that. We also care about having a good infrastructure, whether it's soft infrastructure like broadband everywhere you can breathe, or whether it's hard infrastructure like our, our, our roadways. We care about all of those things. Those are the things that make a society work. And, and at the Counties Association, 
we are sort of, I'd like to say, kind of the fabric that weaves it all together. I mean, I, our our society, it's a, it's a it's a delicate fabric, and it takes True. people that have to care about it every day, and that's part of what counties do every single day. Uh, we do some things that people don't like. Uh, we have to collect the taxes, but you have to. <laughs> If you get a service, you got to pay for it. So, but we do that as well. And you're never going to see, or rarely going to see counties in a in a page one story in, in the newspaper, Eric. But you're you're going to see us on page 37 or 38, or you're not going to see us at all. But we're making sure that society works, and that we're pretty proud of that. Well, that that's a good point. You are, you are kind of behind the scenes in a lot of things, and that's one of the reasons we like to kind of pull back the curtain, if you will, and showcase some of what you you guys are up to on the county level. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we want to be, we want, we want uh, successful, vibrant communities with opportunities for our current and future residents. And Eric, it's something that we're, um, we're facing some pretty big challenges when it comes to demographics uh, in the next 10 years. We're going to be 130, 140,000 people short in this state, workers short. And even if we could find them, we're going to have some, uh, some housing challenges as well, workforce housing challenges. And these are the kinds of things that we in county government work on. Uh, you, you, of course, we have to take care of the problem of the day. But part of what I think the citizens expect and, and should expect is that someone, county government, is thinking 5, 10, 20, 50 years into the future. And I've often said that if, we, if all we ever did was solve today problems, we're going to have a today problem every day. Part of our job is to solve tomorrow's problems so that when tomorrow comes, we don't have that problem. We don't have that challenge. And that's difficult, and it requires uh, thinking way ahead, and it also sometimes requires decisions that might not be quite so popular today but are the right thing to position us for success tomorrow. And I, I, I'm, I'm very proud of that, that county government in Wisconsin they engage in that kind of futuristic thinking. Yeah, I get reminded of that sometimes when we profile what's going on with county forests because they're planning for the future and everything like that. So, yeah, it all does tie in, doesn't it? That's a, it's, that's a great example. Uh, I mean, our county forests, you're not going to – we're going to plant some, some forests today. And, uh, you know, people like me, I'm a baby boomer. I'm never going to see the, the benefit of that. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't plant them. We mm-hmm. absolutely should. Part of our job is to engage in behavior, programs, services, which will assist people that we will never meet and help generations we will never see. And just because someone did not do that before us does not give us license to not do it today. So that is part of our responsibility. And since you're an association, you do face the public with all kinds of things you're up to. You talk about legislation. You talk about long-term plans. You talk about the different counties. You profile them. That's only one place people can go to to see. Every, we have a lot of information. Uh, you, can, you can visit us at wicounties.org, and we've got all kinds of information. Or you can call me anytime, and I'll be happy to chat about any challenge that we have in society or as a state or any success that we've had or even ideas that you might, uh, any, any of our listeners or, or people that tune into the, to the podcast might have on how we can make this state better. I would love to talk with people about that. It is a great place to get your questions answered. When we talk about the County of the Week here on The Cabin, that's a great resource. I go to wicounties.org and find out all these interesting facts. So, yeah, check it out when you can. And like Mark said, he's always a call away. Mark, thanks for talking with us uh, today. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right, time to go behind the scenes. And we're not welcoming anybody new into the cabin because she's sitting right here. 
Uh, Anna, you're changing hats. You're you're a producer on the Discover Wisconsin TV show as well, and. So I get to welcome you here on behalf you, of Behind Eric. the Scenes. Thank you so much. Good to see you. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, so we've got an episode on a unique small piece of Door County coming up. We do. Yeah. It is da 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 Carlsville. Carlsville. Long this 42. This was a fun and very different episode. We got to work with um, Andrea Belke. She's a very fun host, very personable, but um, there's a little surprise in the episode, so spoiler alert here. Uh, it does come out right in the very beginning, so it's not too much of a spoiler, <laughs> but she actually travels up to Door County or Carlsville. Um with her two sisters, Sharla and Sabrina. So it's kind of fun. Uh, it's a gal's trip. They get away for, you know, a couple days up in Door County. And we experience Carlsville, where we hit up three different businesses. Four, I guess, uh, really. Um, four businesses, because two of them are kind of attached. But they are two different businesses. See, the thing is, Carlsville, it's between Sturgeon Bay and Egg Harbor on 42. A lot of people breeze right through there. They know that mm-hmm. Door County Winery and Distillery is right there. They don't know what else is in Carlsville, so this is a great opportunity to find out. It is, and it's a unique little town. I mean, it. it what I thought was so interesting was, so that, I'll just name the businesses so that people are aware of uh, where they can go. Um, there is the Door uh, Peninsula Winery and Door County Distillery, which mm-hmm. are actually attached. So the Door Peninsula Winery was um, became a winery in the 70s, and then the Door County Distillery uh, much later, I think it was 2011. Um, and then there's the Door County Candle Company right across, or actually right two buildings down, and then the Door County Coffee, which is uh, just across the street. So they're all, you know, very much within walking distance. And there's actually a Door County trolley that comes by and yep. drops people off. So we saw that come, <laughs> come through, and there, you know, there's the hustle and bustle of traffic that kind of come and go throughout the store. So all of a sudden it like explodes with people, which was kind of fun. But, uh, I thought it was really, really cool how each business was um, a storefront, but then was also the factory or warehouse for each place as well. Yeah, they they make what they sell right mm-hmm. there on site. So it's it, it is like an industrial town, but you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> think that when you go to these storefronts because like the coffee place has a cafe and the food is delicious the coffee is amazing you walk in you walk in and the coffee is like out the smell is just out of this world um because they're roasting right there every day monday yeah. through friday beans and, are roasting yeah. away and now they've got public tours so you can actually go get a little behind the scenes of um the roastery and they've got a public viewing window so even if you don't do the tour you can kind of check out their roasting which is always fun to see but yeah they have you know at the door peninsula winery and distillery they've got a pretty cool tour you can go it used to be an old school house and you can go (laughs) into the basement and experience kind of like see what it looked like not necessarily what it looked like as a schoolhouse but um they've got a couple of artifacts from when it was a schoolhouse back in the day like the little desk and stuff there yet so well i'll tell you the samplings there are fantastic all their wines all their spirits yeah and it's free they have free wine samplings i think mm-hmm. you know x amount of free wine samplings and i think you pay like two dollars for a sample of at the distillery but yeah i tell you something though it's worth it because you get those samples that loosens you up to buy a lot more of their uh-huh. bottles to go that's how they get you yeah i think so that's how they get you but <laughs> so what did, what did andrea and her sisters do 
Yeah. There. So they, it's kind of fun. They, I mean, we, we just had a day up in Carlsville basically with them. I mean, we filmed it over a couple of days, but, um, in the show, it's a day in Carlsville and, um, the time space continuum does not translate it between does not, filming not and at when all. you're viewing um, the show. We trick you guys. You don't know, but we trick you. That's uh, why this is behind the scenes, so we can admit that. I know, yeah. There's a lot of admitting that I'll be doing. Um, but her sisters, they uh, actually made some candles, which was fun. They, um, One of her sisters wanted to learn how to be a barista, so they taught her how to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they taught her how to make some coffee, which was a riot to watch because it is pretty intense. I mean, you've got to imagine that these baristas who are making coffee every day just, you know, it's they know it like the back of their hand. They could do it in their sleep. But you got to so, bang the cup, bang yeah, the machine oh, or something. Yeah, it's like they're they're yelling at at Charla. They're like, and make sure to tap it down as hard as you can and. So it's pretty funny. It's very intense. But um, uh, Vicky is the owner of Door County Coffee, and she was a riot. The I think Andrea and her sisters had a ton of fun with Vicky. I mean, they had a fun with everybody, but uh, it was very much. I mean, Andrea and her sisters are a hoot. They all have like a very similar uh, laugh too. Like every time somebody would see the show that I was just kind of passing by in the um, office here. Uh, anybody who kind of saw bits and pieces of the Carlsville episode in the edit, they all laughed and, and said, oh my gosh, they all sound the exact same. So they look different, but they, yeah, they all sound very, very similar. So you definitely get this sister vibe going. Um, but they are a hoot. (laughs) They each definitely have their own personality, but, uh, all, you know, kind of play really well together. Uh, and it was just a blast being up there with them. Um, and the the Carlsville community really was so welcoming. And we actually did kind of like a little gathering at the end um, where at the distillery and Christiana came with um, the people who were doing the tour with us at the distillery, Christiana, and actually brought her dad. Um, and we sat down afterwards and just had a ton of fun just chatting and, and kind of got the vibe of what Carl, the essence of Carlsville really was, which it's just this inviting atmosphere. You know, one of the things that um, Beth at the winery in the interview with Andrea said was we try to make wine really approachable. And I think that speaks to all of Carlsville. You know, they try to try and make everything very approachable. If you don't know something about candles or Door County or the, you know, coffee process, they, they don't make you feel as though you need to have a certain level of knowledge. It's really just kind of a fun place to go and experience and, and to kind of kick back. And it's a family trip or a gal's trip. You can go with friends. I mean, you can even go alone and have fun. <laughs> so if you're in the Door County area, it's definitely a good place to, to pop into. And the, the candle company was I mean, that was really, really cool to learn about Christiana's philanthropic efforts because mm-hmm. it's such a unique business in that way. She a lot of stuff with Ukraine lately. And, they, you know, yep. she and her husband just went on a show and won like a ton of money. Wow. I, I didn't even know that. So but there, to help with those efforts. Yeah. It's, you know, taking up speed really quickly. And I think they were just on the news for hitting over a million dollars that they've raised That's, to go well, to Ukraine. Yeah. They also okay. yep. on that show. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty it's, it's, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of great stories there, so you can see it on the Discover Wisconsin episode. Andrea hosts, Anna produced it. I get to tell you when it debuts. Yeah, and Andrea and her sisters are a gaggle of fun. So, a gaggle? I don't know if that's an appropriate way to say that. but <laughs> Well, whatever. you can watch the said. gaggle starting tomorrow on the <laughs> Discover Wisconsin app. It premieres at 4 p.m. tomorrow being May 3rd, and the wide release on broadcast 
is uh, this coming weekend, May 6th and 7th. It begins at 10 a.m. on Bally Sports Wisconsin. And then check your local listings for whenever it airs, uh, wherever you happen to be listening. And once it's released on Bally Sports Wisconsin, boom, it's available online everywhere. YouTube, Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, whatever your streaming preference is, Discover Wisconsin is on it. So check it out this week and weekend and enjoy. Anna, thanks. Thank you, I know you're not leaving because we're together here. Not leaving. Okay. No door sound effect for me. All right. So where are you going? Wait, come back. Good. You're back. All right. You just needed to stretch your legs, didn't you? Yeah, always. Okay, nice. Well, let's do the review of the week. Why not? I pulled one out from T-Cycle Tim. Oh, I like that Mm -hmm. name. And T-Cycle Tim, who left a a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Titled it, Great Resource. Resource. (laughs) I'll try that again. It's okay. That's me every day. Great resource for exploring Wisconsin. Says, I found this show in searching for ideas for an upcoming Door County vacation, which could include Carlsville now, right? And since then, I've been binge listening to every episode. Wow. My kids and I listen together to get road trip ideas and learn about Wisconsin history and attractions from all over the state. Oh, love that. The hosts have great rapport and knowledge of Wisconsin and make it fun to listen to. I recommend this show for all seasons of travel. Couldn't have put it better myself, T-Cycle Tim. Thanks, T-Cycle Tim. Absolutely. So join us next week. Uh, The world of pizza returns to us. (laughs) Part two of some of Wisconsin's best pizzas. With your favorite. Yes, Josh Osterman will be back with us. His mouth will be watering. Uh It's probably doing it already. just thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to hate us for saying that. (laughs) You can't deny it's true, though. He will not. And as we wrap it up here, a quick message from the All of Us Research Program, because the All of Us Research Program has a simple mission. They want to speed up medical breakthroughs. To do this, they're asking people across America to share their unique health information to create the largest, most diverse medical research program ever. The mission is an important one, because the more information researchers have, the faster they can create individualized prevention, precise treatment options, and better care for all of us. Together, let's make this mission achievable. Details at joinallofus.org slash discoverwi. And today's episode of The Cabin was hosted and produced by Eric Paulson and Anna Elise Beckman with guest Jillian Talarczyk. Audio engineering and video teasers by Logan Ingram with social media by Adeline Savanak. The Cabin is a production brought to you by Discover MediaWorks. To learn more, head to discovermediaworks.com and don't forget to leave that review.